Damn, son, where'd you find this? You are now tuning into Bros Let's Talk. Bros, let's talk. The podcast where guys come to be dudes. I'm Pat here with Jimmy and Andy. How was your Thanksgiving weekend, dudes? Fantastic. Filled of lots of eating and lots of drinking. Yup. As it should be. We are back from our brief hiatus. We ended up taking a week off last week ahead of the holidays, so we're back, ready to get after it. Um, and we got a lot to talk about, so. We're going to get right after it to start. Time to shoot the shit, dudes. All right. First topic I wanted to bring up was more in the now last week, but still uh, was was a little bit interesting, so I figured we'd touch base on it. The uh, Our oft-talked-about LeVar Ball on this show was in the news a little bit last week. We talked about how his son, Leangelo, was arrested in China as the UCLA men's basketball team was there playing uh, their first game of the season, and he and two other teammates were arrested on shoplifting charges and, and held in China past when the team left. President Donald Trump came out and said that he made a phone call to the Chinese president asking for a more lenient sentence. The next day after he announced this, the three players were released from China and sent home on an airplane. Uh, so Trump then came out, <clears throat> said, asked if uh, he wondered if the players would thank him, which all three did in their statements, uh, you know, at UCLA. And then LeVar Ball, you know, of course is going to have something to say about this. So he came out and said that Trump didn't have that big of an impact. What happened wasn't that big of a deal. And then Trump called him ungrateful and said, I should have left them there for their 10-year jail sentence or whatever it was, and called them uh, Don King, a poor man's Don King with no hair. So that was probably the best part of the entire exchange. Um, ultimately, though, I thought it kind of fizzled. It came out recently, LeVar was saying he's going to send Trump a pair of Zotus to try and squash everything, so... <laughs> this seemed like the heavyweight battle of the century, and it kind of came and fizzled like that. So what were your guys' thoughts on the ridiculousness of even talking about a LeVar Ball versus Donald Trump beef? So this was this was not my personal thought. It came from some somebody on Twitter, but it makes so much sense. And this seems like the biggest built-up Vince McMahon potential WrestleMania <laughs> matchup of all time like the two the two most polarizing personalities in the world pretty much right now are going head to head and just going back and back and forth with each other with just ridiculous interviews and commentary and it was everything that i thought it would be i mean who would have ever thought that the two of these people would be involved in a situation but the fact that they were made everything so great. And did you guys see that CNN interview? I did. Yeah. Oh my god, that was the most uncomfortable thing 
<laughs> like LeVar, watching this guy try to give he had a him by the interview. balls the whole time. Oh my god, it was, it was just ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was, I thought it was amazing the whole thing, just back and forth with two absolutely ridiculous people. I I still don't understand how Lavar Ball doesn't get the the potential seriousness of what happened over there. That he said, "Oh, it's not a big deal. They just stole some stuff, whatever." That may be true here. It's not true over in China, and he does sound ungrateful. Not that I uh, agree with how Trump handled things again via his Twitter, but it's it's so true that this this does seem like it's a Vince McMahon esque charade going on that's that's leading up to something because you have two of the most polarizing people in the country right now. And it seemed like the showdown was going to happen eventually. Like, it was just a matter of time before their paths intersected and these two were going to go at it because, just because, because that's like a scene where, where it was going. Um, if nothing else, it's entertaining. Um, but I'm also tired of hearing from these two. Um, so I kind of wish they would just take to a wrestling match at WrestleMania come February or March where they have it now and, and just settle in, in, in the ring like Stone Cold and The Rock would do. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add. I just, <clears throat> I think it was kind of a dud, to be honest, coming from yeah, these two sure. guys who are never one to shy away from any t- sort of controversy or, or anything that involves their name. I thought there would have been more to it. I, I wonder if PR side on both sides kind of were like, we might want to steer clear of this one. Just let this one go. I just yeah, that, don't know how both of their PR people were just like, steer clear of each other please yeah i just kind of thought in this particular scenario given the circumstances of what was going on that might be the one thing that could make lavar ball check his ego at the door being grateful for for the fact that his son was given a pass and an opportunity to continue to pursue his vision of having all of his kids in the nba but um yeah i don't know i don't know where the advice he's getting there i know i did see something coming out that uh, that Trump's phone call might not have been as persuasive, I guess, or as powerful as it seems. Like they were already with these guys, but still something that he didn't have to do. And for LeVar to kind of just shrug it off is just, it's not surprising to say the least. Right. It's like kind of the least surprising thing, I guess you would say, but just shows that he he could give two shits about LiAngelo. He's basically the uh, I was the literally kid. I was just I was just going to say he's probably thinking, well, it's just Jello, whatever, right? <laughs> if it was Lonzo or Lamelo, he's probably thinking him, but because it's Jello, he's like, eh, fuck him, whatever. Well, there it is. We solved the mystery. Um. All right, moving on to our next topic. Um, this popped up in the news the other day. Um, and we've talked about Derrick Rose on this podcast a few times. Um, but this one, I, I felt pretty bad, uh, for Derrick on this situation. Basically it came out that he stepped away from the Cavaliers organization for a few days because his injuries are starting to take a toll on him mentally. And he's considering walking away from the game completely. Um, so this came out and, uh, it's no surprise to us. We've watched the rise and fall of Derek when it comes to these injuries, but um, the fact, and it's no surprise that these are weighing on him and they have been for his whole career. But um, to have this 
come out midseason. Um, he's on a potentially winning team right now. Um, obviously, they're not playing well right now, but they're going to go far in the end. Um, but for this to happen midseason and just um, hear that it's weighing that heavily on him mentally, that he's considering walking away midseason, um, I felt really bad for him. Um, that's, I mean, that's the gist of the story. What do you guys got on Derek? I think, Andy, like you said, for, for Derek Rose, the basketball player, I feel, I just, it, it's sad. It's sad to hear, you know, I, I will never, ever forget, I think it was, what, year three for him when he won his MVP, and we would just watch these games and talk about, you have a, the listed as 6'3", probably more like 6'1", point guard, going out there, jumping over guys, blowing down the court. He was so, so exciting to watch. He gave, and he's from Chicago, so he gave us such hope. And, and you know, we, we started to put together a really good team. And then he tore his ACL, and, and you knew it sucked, but you figured he'd come back and he'd be the same person. And and that was just, that was the the beginning of the end for him, three and a half years, or almost four years into his career. And... We've seen, we've probably said it ourselves, I've seen it all over social media, how people just just trash him for these injuries that he can't control. It sucks. His body's just breaking down and there's nothing he can do about it. And he still has $80 million left on his Adidas contract. So for him to be thinking about walking away now and leaving all that money on the table, even though he's made you know hundreds of millions of dollars, it must really be weighing on him and really starting to affect him mentally. And, you know, we all joked about it when he said his infamous quote a couple years ago about, you know, I need to to look forward to the future and being able to walk and watching my son graduate. And we all kind of laughed it off as whatever. And it's it's as ridiculous as it still is. You can kind of see now where the guy's coming from in the sense that he just mentally he doesn't know if he wants to rehab and fight through this just to go out there and potentially get hurt again. And that just really has to suck. Yeah, I think the way that you phrased it, Andy, was interesting because you mentioned how it's starting to weigh on him mentally and affect him mentally. I think that these injuries have been affecting him mentally since it started. He's just That's a very good he's point. just starting to accept that because he was always very hesitant in making his comebacks. Even when doctors cleared him to come back and play, he he wouldn't he didn't feel right is what he would say so he wouldn't come back and he would kind of make up his own rules as he went and we always talked about how him and his brother Reggie who has been the you know the voice in his ear his ear behind everything that he's said and thought since he's been in the NBA were always looking out for his brand more more than anything first and foremost and honestly i think since he had a kid he seems like he has a different perspective on things and he's starting to realize that he's in charge of his situation and that his brother right. can tell him so much. But at the end of the day, it's what he feels and what he wants is, is really what's most important because he's at the center of it all. And I think that's what this is here. This is him finally coming out saying how he feels about it because I, I just feel like his brother or his family or someone's been holding him back all these years so he could you know, try and get back. I don't doubt that he loves the game of basketball, but... He's just never been the same since that first injury because then came all the other injuries and once that happens it it just gets it, you can't help but let it get in your head when you just keep getting hurt over and over again and there's no rhyme or reason for why it's happening 
You know, there's other guys going out there doing the exact same things as you are every single day and they're not dealing Mm -hmm. with the same thing. So this is just, this has probably been building up for years. And now it's just to the point where, like you said, he finally seemed like in a good situation. It didn't seem like it was about the money. He really seemed genuine and wanting to join a team that had a chance to play for a championship. And for him to go through these early season injury struggles like that, it's just, it probably just seems like deja vu for him all over again. It just, it's sad. I mean, at the end of the day, Derrick Rose will be remembered for what could have been and one of the sad stories in basketball for for injuries kind of taking away uh, all that potential that was there. Most likely will be, at least where it stands now, the only MVP not to make the Hall of, the Basketball Hall of Fame, which is a pretty crazy to think about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. I think at the bar one like a couple of years ago when mm-hmm. that stat was brought up, I forget who mentioned it, but yeah, that's a wild stat just in general. Right. But it is as of right now lining up to be that way. All right, moving on to what was a pretty bonkers couple uh weeks with the college football playoff coming up. Uh we saw the number one and two teams lose within the last couple of days. Uh, with Alabama going down and Miami losing, I think it was Friday. Um, so we have now, what, for the ACC, we have Miami-Clemson. SEC, we have Georgia and Auburn. Um, you have the, what, Big 12 of Oklahoma, TCU, Ohio State, Wisconsin coming up. So there's so many different scenarios that could play out that will get our four teams in the college football playoff. Uh, it's crazy to me to think that Alabama has a, pretty legit shot not to make it based on their strength of schedule playing a team like Mercer week 11 into the season and you know you, you go from talking about them two years ago being a powerhouse dominant team which I still think they are but they lose the national championship last year and now they have a chance to not even make it this year but which, which makes everything super exciting because now you don't know what's going to happen I mean yes things will play out that will help influence the committee but Ultimately, the, the committee is going to decide who gets in there. What do you guys – who who um, – what are the four teams each of you think will make the playoff depending on how next weekend goes? I've got um, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma. Assu- this is assuming that all these teams win their – Correct, right. Conference right. championships. Um, I've got Auburn, um, Clemson, my – I like Miami to still make it in. Even if they um, lose? Yeah. I I just, I don't know. I I think the committee liked them going in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like both of those to make it in. Who did I say? Auburn, Clemson, Miami. Oklahoma. Um, I, Oklahoma. So I think that's my Yeah, four. it's your four. Um, I think, unfortunately, I think Ohio State, even if they go on and beat Wisconsin, because I think they are going to roll Wisconsin. Do you? Yeah. Wisconsin, yeah, I think Wisconsin's trash. Um, so I think Ohio State gets left out, but that's just me personally. Um, I think the committee, I think there's no way that they pass up on a Big Ten team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's kind of the way they try and do it. But if it were me, those were my four teams. Um, I think it's interesting with Bama um, because I think they belong there. But this is the reason why you have these early on games. Like, Teams deserve a shot ahead of Alabama if you can't get through your regular se- regular season like Bama did. So Correct. 
I think they should pay the price for losing to Auburn. Granted, Auburn's going to be in the top four after this week, but I think this gives the other teams an opportunity. You can't just give Alabama a pass because they are perennially the the best team in the country. So, yeah, I I don't know. I still think there's a chance Alabama can get in. I think if I, I if too. Auburn beats Georgia pretty handily again. Um, I think you have to look at Auburn as a I, I mean, right now, my four, and this is ahead of the rankings, going into this week would be um, Clemson, Oklahoma, Auburn, and then I think you have to put Wisconsin in, even though a lot remains to be seen. They made it through the season undefeated. They look pretty good last week. So that's a, that's assuming Wisconsin wins. Well, no, that's, that's this week before those games are played. Oh, that's your oh, four. Okay. I would okay. say... Got it, gotcha. I would say after championship week, I think the top four will be Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, and then probably, well, that's the thing. If Wisconsin wins, I think they're in because I think you they just can't go in. on. You I, can't go against an undefeated conference champion. But if Ohio State right. wins, I think that opens the door for Alabama to sneak back in. For Alabama. I don't think Miami's going to get in if they lose again just because – uh, they lost to a five and seven team, and that just is such a bad loss. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really tough. I feel like Auburn, if they win, they're in because they beat the number one team two out of three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Clemson win and they're in, and then yeah. Oklahoma win and you're in too. They've done enough. They overcame early season loss to prove that they're they're worth it. That fourth spot though is crazy because Wisconsin wins, they're in. They're an undefeated. Power Five Conference champion. Uh, if Ohio State wins and they win convincingly against Wisconsin, they have you know a good argument to get their name back in there because they overcame their early season struggles and they do have a bad loss to Iowa though. That's the only thing that's holding them back for me. That's where I think Alabama by, would slide back in. Forty. Yeah. Yeah. So. So what happens if Miami beats Clemson and Ohio State beats Wisconsin? Then, then what are we talking then about? Then I think Alabama's back in. Right? That's kind of how I feel, too. And but Miami's then you, in, then. Yeah, then you have to you have to include Miami still, so then I think then what? I mean, I, I honestly think that the committee's hoping that Oklahoma wins this week. Loses to TCU. Oh, they're hoping that they win. Oh, so they're okay, right. see. And then they're hoping, at this point, you got to feel like they're hoping that Auburn wins, too. They they don't want it to right. be super messy because then Georgia wins yeah, all of a sudden no. Georgia vaults right they back into Clemson it. They want Clemson to win. They want Oklahoma to win. They want uh, Auburn to win. And screw probably it, they, Wisconsin, they probably want Wisconsin honestly. to win. Right, that's what I mean. But, so then it's then so, it's not difficult for them. So I'm throwing out a wild card here. What do you guys think if UCF runs the finishes the rest of their season undefeated? Because that's an interesting this, point. This committee and playoff format was meant for like the Boise States and correct, yes, right teams. I like think this. you see it already though that they already haven't garnered enough respect. You look at a team like Wisconsin from a Power Five conference. It it they're mm-hmm. twelve and zero, and finally people are starting to be like, all right, I guess you could throw them right. in the college football playoff thing. UCF's been good all year. They had that crazy game against South Florida this past week. They're undefeated. That was nuts. They're undefeated, yeah. but they're sitting at number fifteen. So I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure that kind of says it all. How the committee feels about them 
to where a they're a good team, but they don't think they're good enough to crack that top tier. It's a good point. Why? So from that aspect, why do you think, why would teams not um, continually try and move into the power, power five conferences? Because if UCF is going to go and sit and run the table every year, if if they can, um, right? Like why not? Why not try and leak into the ACC or something like that and move conferences? Because they're going to sit there and pound their chest and be like, "Well, we were undefeated and nobody gave us a shot at the at the playoff." I mean, they're they're yeah, they're kind of just stuck between a rock and a hard place because in the old system too, they got the shaft so. It pretty right. much just comes yeah, down to their conference play isn't competitive enough compared to the other leagues, to where they have to focus more on on, on setting up hot, yeah the big games at a conference to try and win, snag those and get get good wins on their resume for for this. So it's still you know it's still a work in progress and they still got stuff they got to work out, but it, it does make it exciting. That's for damn sure. Yeah. It's yeah, very exciting. No, definitely agreed with that. All right, I wanted to touch a little bit on something that happened on Saturday in college basketball, which was something that I've never seen before. I don't know. I've never seen it before either. So um, in the second half, the game was a little bit chippy between Alabama and Minnesota. They were playing in one of those tournaments, early season tournaments. Was it the one in uh, – it was in New York, I think. One of those early season tournaments that they do, and this was actually the championship game of the tournament, and things were getting chippy, and the second half, these two guards, one on Minnesota, one on Alabama, got tied up, and the uh, benches, well, Alabama's bench immediately reacted. It was right in front of their bench. They immediately reacted, and um, everybody ran off the bench to the defense of their teammate, and NCAA rules say that players who come off the bench that aren't in the game, it's an automatic ejection. So basically Alabama's entire bench got ejected. So it left them with five active players, uh, one of which then fouled out. That was the first thing I've never seen before. Yeah, that was number one. Never seen an entire (laughs) bench just get ejected. And then, uh, then, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Then they had a guy foul out uh, with like, I think there was like 12 minutes left. And the guy fouls out. So then. They're forced to play five-on-four basketball for the remainder of the game. And there's, like again, like 12 minutes left in the second half. Mm-hmm. And then a minute and a half later, their fourth player sprains his ankle, comes down off a jump shot, and turns his ankle and has to come out. So then for 10 minutes and 45 seconds, Alabama is forced to play three-on-five basketball against Minnesota. And during this time frame, they outscored Minnesota – I believe it was like thirty. It's like thirty to twenty. Thirty to twenty-two. They outscored them by eight points. Alabama ultimately ended up losing the game, eighty-nine to eighty-four. But a valiant effort, to say the least, by those three players <laughs> who were able to outscore five for ten minutes of a basketball game. Uh, again, it was like unlike anything I've ever seen. Freshman Colin Sexton had forty points for the Crimson Tide, and uh, you know. Those guys got nothing to hang their heads on. They they gave their team a better chance to win oh, they, they than when dash. they had a regular lineup. So I thought that was crazy. I'd never seen anything like that before. And the fact that they didn't just get their asses whooped when it came down to five on three, I thought was awesome. Props to those dudes. Agreed. I, I agree with everything you just said. I was uh, 
I was following it on Twitter before I saw it live, and I, I just kept saying all these three-on-five basketball. I'm like, what? How is that happening? And, and when I kept reading the tweets, it, all it said was the entire bench was ejected, but they didn't say why. And I'm like, what the hell could have happened that they threw out an entire bench of a basketball team? Well, then, Pat, like you said, I found out all the guys came on the court, and then a guy fouls out, and he rolls his ankle. And it was it was insane watching them play a, a triangle defense because they only had three guys. And just just the, the effort they had, the, the no-quit attitude they had, was very exciting to watch. Um, you you kind of had the sense that Minnesota was just kind of conserving their energy for the last few minutes when they could just tighten up on defense and, and run them off the court. But still, to, to only lose by five, to, to come within, I think it was two or three, with a few minutes left, it was it was really exciting to watch. There's nothing worse. Like, Pat, we play in a men's league for basketball, and if you ha- happen to just end up with four guys on the court or in this case, three versus five, like there is nothing more (laughs) worse than just sitting there and having to have two or one guy just running freely on the other team. It gasses you out. So the fact that they actually hung in that game, outscored them during that period, it was just amazing. And the shot clock definitely helps them in that scenario where they just can't play the other team can't play four corners and just go around for time on end. But still, I thought I thought the whole thing was awesome. The whole story was wild. Um, Jimmy, just like you said, I saw it on Twitter, and then I eventually saw the highlight later in the night, and it was just wild seeing that on the court. Yeah, but it was pretty crazy. They should have done some sort of like aggregate scoring system where it could have allowed to like factor in <laughs> what they outscored them they for three and then adjust it accordingly. Be like, all right, well, they outscored you by eight when you had two less guys. So, really, this was, you know, something like that. They should have just given them the trophy. Be like, here, you guys pretty much won. These guys suck. Agreed. There was pictures all over those Minnesota guys, like, posing with the little trophy they got. They're, like, all not even smiling. They know that they just got their ass run by, like, three dudes for ten and a half minutes. Right. Nothing to feel good about there. Nope. Fire that fucking pig skin. All right, going into our weekly segment. Um, we're through pretty much through the afternoon set of games. There's just a few minutes left uh, in those while we're recording. Um, but this is the NFL on BLT. Jimmy, what do you got with this week in the NFL? Okay, so I'm sure you guys know, and if you're a football fan, you know, but Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs are in a free fall. They have lost five of their last six games, including today, against the dreadful Bills. The only win they have came against the dreadful Denver Broncos. Um, what's the Kareem Hunt looked like the running back of the future the first few weeks, and you haven't heard a damn thing about him the last couple weeks. He hasn't Alex scored Smith, since week three. Has it been that long? Wow. Um, Alex Smith was was I don't want to say he was an MVP candidate, but it was like, oh, you can't bring in Patrick Mahomes because Alex Smith is playing great. He was definitely That's getting early season MVP love. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, those first few games, he was like 300 yards and a couple TDs every week. And Andy Reid is their coach, and he's he's an incredible coach. We talked about on this a number of episodes ago, but I think he's only had like one or two losing seasons in the 14 or 15 years he's been in the NFL, which is incredible. There's still one game over 500, but they started five and zero, 
and now they're six and five and just free falling with with no end in sight, playing in a pretty dreadful uh, AFC West. So I don't know what's going to happen with that team. I don't know if they're going to get it figured out, if they're going to make a quarterback switch. But it's, I think that's what's what 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 uh, captivates people about the NFL still is that, and we'll talk about this later. The the three teams, I'm sorry, four teams in the NFC that are leading their divisions didn't even make the playoffs last year, and you have a team that starts out five and zero who you think could maybe go 14 and 2 13 and 3 now they'll looks like they'll be lucky to win eight games so there's such there's such parity in the nfl and i find it exciting it has to suck to be a chiefs fan but i think it's it's been great so far the chiefs look awful awful just they don't even look good while they're losing either um and what was it i think andy reed had only lost one game in his career coming off a bye if he wasn't undefeated. Yeah, it was, I can't it was something it was. something ridiculous like that. And then they came off the bye and lost to the fucking Giants. The Giants. Who <laughs> had only won one game at that point, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, it's ugly. I, I don't know what's happening with them either. Their offense just looks completely stagnant Horrible. when they had all those weapons earlier in the year. Yeah, it's definitely a head-scratcher for a team that for the first six weeks of the season, looked like like Super Bowl contenders, like a dominant football team, and then yep, for them definitely. to kind of oh for sure free fall like this, it's it's and they haven't had any really major injury. I mean, Eric Berry got injured week one, but they they had been doing fine yeah, without him. I mean, they haven't lost anyone major yep. since all this stuff started happening. So it's just weird how the NFL can flip like that, and it's weird because when they were winning. It was completely opposite of what you've come to expect from them, where their defense was kind of struggling, the offense was just exactly going crazy, and now their offense sucks, and their defense has been better. Um, so it's just I don't know, it's the NFL, I guess. No one can figure anything out. All right, so I wanted to talk about uh, that's kind of a good segue. the The playoff picture. It is week twelve now. Most teams have played at least 11 games. Um, and the playoff picture is starting to become clearer on both ends. In the AFC, you've got the Patriots have hit their stride. They've won seven in a row now, sitting at 9-2. and two. Pittsburgh as well is 8-2. and two. And then you also have uh, Jacksonville leading their division, 7-3. They're tied right now. Um, and then Kansas City, as we mentioned, is still leading the AFC West. But then you got a bunch of people mucked up right around five, six and five, five and six, four and six. There's a bunch of teams that are still in it. And then the NFC, the Eagles are looking like the team to beat. Ten and one right now, best record in the NFL. And the Vikings as well have won seven straight and sit at nine and two. Um, but as, as the way things have played out. Uh, to this point, who do you guys think are the real contenders, uh, AFC and NFC, for the Super Bowl this year? For for the NFC, I think it is for sure um, the Eagles. They are by far and away the best team, maybe in football, for sure in the NFC. Um, let's see, who else were we talking about? Uh, Minnesota, I think their their defense is playing outstanding. I think um, 
Case Keenum, I just I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I, I don't know if if he can take them to where they need to go. Um, but I mean, he hasn't let them down in the last couple weeks, so they are they may be for real too. Um, we have the the Rams currently are beating the Saints by ten and looking to score. And then I'm missing one team. Who am I missing? Oh, the Saints, who are about to lose, but they won I think seven in a row. So. I think out of that group, it's for sure the Eagles, and I would put the Vikings second. Um, in the AFC, Patriots and Steelers. And I don't, I don't think there's – oh, and, and Jacksonville. I will say that because their defense is insane. I mean, their defense will hit you in the face and then step on your throat and make you say, I'm sorry for being in your way. I mean, those guys do not mess around. Blake Bortles is doing – just what he needs to do to, to keep his team in games and and to not give away leads. So um, I actually I'm actually pulling for Jacksonville. I think they've been a shit show for so long, and it's cool to see a team win by defense. But I think it's it's those three on the AFC side. Yeah, the AFC. I'm I'm not going any further than the Patriots. Um, I'm not a huge believer in the Steelers. Um, I know their record says otherwise, but. They did play. lose to the Bears. Yeah, they did. Um, I just, their offense has all the weapons to be so great. Antonio Brown is far and away the best wide receiver in the league. Um, but I don't know. I just, they haven't looked um, as dominant as they have in the past. And all these stories coming out about Big Ben saying that his love's not in the game and everything like that. I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge believer in them. So, Patriots for sure in the AFC. I got nobody else even competing with them. That's uh, fair. I think the NFC playoffs is going to be awesome because, Jimmy, those four teams that you mentioned, I think all can go out there and bump heads with each other. And mm-hmm. probably each each of those four teams could go out and beat the other three in any given week. Um, but all of those games, I think, are lining up to be great. Um I think you're right with the Eagles being uh, the number one. But then after that, um, the Rams, Saints, and Vikings all have claims um, for right behind them. So I think that that playoff picture is going to be awesome when it gets to that point. Should be exciting. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Going on to the final topic for the NFL, and this just happened – it was literally 30 seconds into the um, Denver-Oakland game. And Akib Talib and Michael Crabtree have a little bit of a past. Um, last year, um, Talib ripped a gold chain right off of Michael Crabtree's neck. And they got into a little bit of a tussle. Um, and they've gone back and forth a few times with uh, just John back and forth. And then today... And it was no more than 30 seconds into the game. Crabtree was blocking Tlaib and continued to block him all the way out of bounds and then all the way into the ground. And then later they showed that um, they zoomed in and Tlaib actually ripped Crabtree's chain off of his neck again. So that you have to think is what escalated it even more. Um, and this actually led to Talib swung on um, s- swung on Crabtree, 
and then had like three guys back him up, and then Crabtree swung it to Lieb with a helmet on, which I don't know love why that. the hell you would do Just that. Just love when guys do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this escalated very quickly. Punches were thrown. Both of them got ejected. Um, but that rivalry is now my favorite thing in sports. Oh, it, because it's intense. being in the same division, you're going to see them twice a year, and both of those guys are top-tier guys. I mean, Crabtree's proven to be um, a, a pretty solid number one for David Carr, and then Tlaib is one of the best lockdown corners in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be so much fun going forward. Tlaib's, I think both of them are kind of actually in the – same spot in their career. They've both been in the league for quite a while. Um, so hopefully we still have a few more years left of that. But that was so, like, just amped up that game times a million. Snatch the guy's chain again. Yeah. Like, just zero respect. Complete <laughs> yeah, fuck right. you. Snatches your chain again, like calling you out, and then you try and punch him when he's wearing a helmet. Like, try and kick yeah. him in the dick or something. Like, don't try yeah. and punch him in the face and break your hand. You're a fucking <laughs> receiver. You need your hands to make money, you idiot. Yeah, but, but keep awesome. up the fighting. It's quite entertaining. We love <laughs> yeah. it. Unfortunately for fans of those teams, though, that's the only thing exciting about that rivalry right now. Both teams suck. Which is yeah, probably another sure. reason it got as heated as it did because they both kind of know now they're not going anywhere, although I think Oakland has a little bit more of a chance than Denver just because the AFC West is not great. But, yeah, I thought it was fun to watch. That's true. That division is a toss-up. The Chargers might be the best yeah. team in that division right now. Oh, the Ch- I, I I couldn't think of the go of the Chargers go. And our quarterback <laughs> Philly Blunt's been lighting it up, so maybe they do have a chance to win. Let's hope so. We don't rile each other up. We Dad. never get riled up. I don't get riled. He doesn't, and I don't either. Look at you right now. You're riled. Take- All right. So this segment is where the three of us get to just kind of vent about something that really chaps our asses, that pisses us off. It's aggravating to us and we want to let you the people know why so maybe you can join in on our asses being chapped as well Pat, go ahead all right so this one has been building up for a couple weeks i was ready to go last week with it and then we decided to forego the episode so it's been really really building up but i live in an apartment complex and there's a lot of people that have dogs on the complex, which is nice because we have a dog, so Butters gets to mingle with other pups and release some energy when we take her outside. But, as everyone knows, part of getting a dog, and this is something that parents use to hold over their kids' heads as reasons for not getting a dog, is the responsibility of taking care of said dog, which includes Feeding the dog, making sure that there's always water in their bowl, um, cleaning, maintenance, things like that. Picking up after them after they use the bathroom. So here at my apartment complex, they make it very easy to clean up after your dog. There are posts throughout the entire grounds that have little poop bags, uh, always pretty much stocked. So pretty much anywhere you walk on the complex... There's one of those bag things nearby, so you can always clean up after your dog. But there is an unknown assailant, we'll call them, who has been walking the grounds here near our on the building next to ours. And there's like a nice big grassed area with a hill over there. Butters likes to run around over there because there's some room to move. 
and someone repeatedly takes their dog over there and doesn't pick up their dog shit. There is just piles everywhere, and it's frustrating because I stepped in it one day in the morning when it was like super early, taking butters out before work, and it was dark. I couldn't see, and there's not really a worse way to start your day than stepping in dog shit. That's a good point, yeah. Two, because... Um, fecal matter is one of the top ways that dogs transmit diseases between each other uh, because dogs are curious and they'll go up and they'll sniff someone else's dog crap or they might try and eat it or something. So to whoever the asshole is who's walking around our apartment complex and just being completely negligent of the fact that their dog is taking shits all over the lawn, refuses to pick them up, fuck you. If I find out who you are, I'm going to scoop up all that shit and throw it on your patio. Dude, I was literally just going to say, it's time for you to take a day off of work and get some camouflage. Andy, maybe he can browse some of your hunting stuff. Sit in the trees and just watch like all day. Andy, you got got a ghillie? Because I'll sit in a tree with a ghillie all day. When you who does it, (laughs) you follow the guy back to their apartment, and then you go and you pick up all the shit, and you smear it on their door, and you leave it in bags in front of their door, and you leave a note saying, I got you, motherfucker. Clean up your dog's shit. Signed, Anonymous. I like that. Boom. I think I'm going to take a sick day tomorrow. Yeah, you got to do some scouting. Seriously. For sure. I mean, you cannot let this continue. It's frustrating. You're, you're not you're, you're not the only person this has happened right. to, but you're the only one who's going to do something about it. So this guy needs to learn to clean up after his dog shit. He might as well be having his dog tape, take a shit right on your face. That's how disrespectful yeah. he is Seriously. Fuck that dog. Nobody shits on Pat's face. Nobody. <laughs> All right. Um... So, we're kind of at the time where this is becoming acceptable to me. And the thing that's got me a little bit riled up is early, too early Christmas shit going on. Meaning Christmas music, Christmas lights being put up, trees, all the stuff in the malls, like in Jewel and everything like that, the decorations. I can't stand when that stuff goes up before Thanksgiving. I think post-Thanksgiving is fine. But that 93.9 has been playing Christmas music. I love it. Really? My tree was up November 10th. Oh, my God. (laughs) See. I put my tree up yesterday. What's wrong with the world? I'm the same way. I don't like doing anything before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving is always overlooked because people are already like once Halloween happens, they're like, "Oh shit, it's Christmas time." No, it's not. The next thing is Thanksgiving, and you just have to wait until after that. See, if after Halloween, I get in the holiday spirit, but I don't overlook Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. I just like see, I, I the think, lights in the trees and having everything. I up. think Thanksgiving doesn't get as much publicity and stuff because it's mainly just a food holiday. If we're being honest, it's more about the meal than anything. It's like, yeah, it's about what you're thankful for and all those things. But it's all, you know, there's still those people out there that it's just like, it's about the meal. Yeah, oh, for sure. Are you like day after Thanksgiving, you're okay with everything Christmas? Oh, yeah. We we put our, like all of our decorations up that next day. 
I mean, yes. especially this year, but, I was outside Friday in shorts yeah. and a t-shirt, hanging my Christmas lights on the house. See, it, to be fair, it was a nice, nice day weather-wise. Do that you way, light them. Do I what? Do you light them? Fuck yeah, I light them. So you've had your tree up lit since November tenth. Yes, but my outside lights have been up and lit since Friday, November. What was it? Twenty fourth. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. See, that's post Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I I don't do the Christmas. I don't do outside beforehand. I do. I always do that the day or the weekend after Thanksgiving. I just like having the Christmas tree up early. Interesting. Well, that shit pisses me off. See, I'm I'm with you on the music, especially because when you start listening to it too early, by the time Christmas comes around, it's like you're so annoyed of it, you don't even want to hear it anymore. And, like, Christmas is one I want to hear it the most. Like, that Christmas Eve, Christmas yeah. Day, that's when I'm, like, most amped up. Like, all right, let's do this. Now it's here. I know the season is the best time of the year, this, that, and the other thing. But I want to enjoy that time of year. I don't want it to, like, run too long. I've been See, like, blasting a- Christmas music in the gym for two weeks, and I have yeah. teachers stop by like, dude, what are you doing? Because there's really only, like, nine Christmas songs, and then there's, like, 50 different artists that do takes on it, so. Right. I heard All I Want for Christmas is You the other day, Mariah Carey. Best. And that's, like, probably number one Christmas song as far as bangers go. And that was, like, a week and a half ago, and it was on the radio, and I was like, fuck yeah, this song's so good. And then, like, 30 seconds in, I was like, wait, what am I doing? This This is exactly what pisses me off is people listening to christmas music i turned it right off. everyone preemies in their pants with christmas music they say oh november yeah. 10th sure let do. me just uh, and I then do. you know come christmas time they're all everyone's over the limp place. dick everywhere changing my underwear on a daily basis <laughs> well you need you might have to get that checked out jim maybe if we could get a me undie sponsorship i wouldn't have to worry about that <laughs> make the call okay so <laughs> So, I guess sticking with the holiday Christmas theme, last Saturday I am uh, driving, listening to new 104.3 Jams, which is awesome, by the way, and it's snowing out. Not, It's not sticking. There's no accumulation. It's, it's melting as soon as it hits the ground, and I am driving down St. Charles Road heading west, so, so the speed limit's 30, and people are driving 25 miles an hour Brake checking like a motherfucker because it's snowing outside. You live in Chicago. You're from the Chicagoland area. You've lived in the Midwest, most of you, I'm assuming, who are driving. It is snow, just like any other precipitation. It does not mean you have to go below the speed limit. In fact, you can still go above like 35, 38 miles per hour while driving down the street. It, it drives me nuts every year. People see precipitation, particularly snow, and they forget how to drive, or they get too conservative with their driving, which I think causes more accidents and more traffic and more road rage. It pisses me off every single year, and I know it's not going to change, so I'm just going to continue to be pissed off every time it snows. Yeah, I think just snow in general is kind of an annoyance. It's like, it's one of yeah. those things, too, where first snowfall, you're like, ooh, snow, it's Christmas time, right. blah, blah, and then you have to go shovel or something, and you're like, right. all right, fuck the snow, I could do without it exactly. for the rest of my life. Like, I wish I lived somewhere where, where I could just go, like, to a snowy place during Christmas time for, like, two weeks, get my fix of snow, and then back to the ocean and the beach. That right there is called the dream, bro. You're damn right. 
Oh, hey, I know how we can decide. All right, uh, I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions, and then you have to answer real fast, okay? So uh, clear your mind, clear it right out, clear it out, clear it, okay? All right, this is a new segment that we introduced a few weeks back, and we called it Don't Think, Just Answer. And the concept is as straightforward as the name itself. Uh, we each prepare a list of questions to ask one of the other co-hosts, anywhere between like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 questions, whatever you want to go. And the idea is that we ask them in a rapid fire style and the person who is being asked the questions has to just answer the first thing that comes to their head. So we kind of just get a spontaneous in the moment answer from the other hosts. I think this went pretty well last time. So we decided to throw it back in again real quick. We switched up who we're asking this time. So we'll keep it on rotation there. Uh, Jimmy, why don't you get us started asking Andy some questions? You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Maker's Mark or Johnny Walker Red? Uh, Makers. Packers or Blackhawks? Hawks. Subway or Jimmy John's? Jimmy John's. Wonder Woman or Black Widow? Uh, Wonder Woman. Lou Malnati's or Geno's East? Lou's. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Star Wars. Riley's or Fitz's? (laughs) Riley's. Sledding or ice skating? Uh, skating. Real cranberry or, cran- or canned cranberry? Real cranberries. Bubble bath or Epsom salt bath? <laughs> Bubble bath. <laughs> hot toddy or hot carl? <laughs> hot toddy. <laughs> or, and last, cool ranch or nacho cheese? Cool ranch. Nicely done. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. All right, Andy, you're off the hot seat. You're on the question seat now. I'm on. All it right. puts me on the hot uh, seat. Okay. Whenever you're ready. I'm good to go. All right. What's your favorite color? Green. Bears or bulls? Bears. Beer or liquor? Beer. Sweet or savory breakfast? Savory. White or dark meat? White. Hope that doesn't sound racist. What is the most... Im- what is the most important object you own? My phone. His wife. <laughs> if your life was a movie, what would it Sorry, be called? Sorry, Sissa. Um, life of Riley. Hot dogs or hamburgers? Burgers. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Taves or cane? Oof. Cane. Same name. A doozy. Mike or Jimmy? <laughs> Oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, you don't have to answer. Sorry, Mike. You can go Jimmy just because he's the co-host. St- <laughs> Still love you, though, bro. That was maybe the best question ever asked. Yeah, that was a good so one. Far. Nicely done. Uh, sorry. No worries. Those are, those are good ones. Uh, all right. You ready, Jim? Yeah, I'm ready. I had a similar question to Andy's, but it's a little bit different. Um, all right. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too cold. Would you rather be blind or deaf? Deaf. Who's the last person you'd want to be stuck in a room with face-to-face? Oh, man. Um, last person I want to be stuck in a room with face-to-face? Someone with bad breath. Ooh. What's your least favorite meal that Sarah makes? 
<laughs> My least favorite meal that she makes. Don't think, just answer. I know. I'm. I'm I don't. I don't know. I gotta say, don't Good know. Answer. I'm trying Good to answer. think of a shitty meal. That was a she trick question. Recently. Okay. Um, how old is too old to trick or treat? Thirty. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck for woodchuck could chuck wood? I think it's like two point six seven eight centimeters per pound per unit per woodchuck. Nice. Red pill or blue pill? Oh, red. Who's the worst? My dick's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> who's the worst actor, Hulk Hogan or Fifty Cent? Hulk Hogan. Most. Who's the most overrated player on the Cubs? Oh man, uh, Javier Baez. In the movie Seven, what was actually in the box? I don't. I don't it know. It was Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Jesus Christ! Uh, oh. If you could rename the street you live on, what would you name it? Chicago Bears Lane. <laughs> what band do you think sucks that everyone else likes? What band? Uh, Nirvana. What actor would play you in a movie? Joe Manganiello. What uh, flatter yourself much? <laughs> <laughs> what would be the funniest thing to fill a pinata with? Condoms. <laughs> I was gonna say rubber. All right, <laughs> nice job, guys. Those are some good questions. Yeah, I was trying to. Last time I feel like I went way too easy, so this time I wanted to throw in some brain busters. That was good. That was real good. Yeah, I like that segment. I think we're going to keep rolling with that one. It's one of my favorites. We'll we'll keep them coming. (laughs) All right. So those are goats because we're doing the goat. And we decided to focus on Thanksgiving things this week with the holidays just having happened. So our topics for this week, we decided to do... Thanksgiving side, Thanksgiving dessert, and Thanksgiving activity. So, pretty straightforward. Three topics. We each pick what we think is the greatest of all time in each topic. And then we talk about it a little bit. So, who wants to go first with side dish? I'll go. Um, This was a pretty big no-brainer for me. Um... And I like it, too, because it can be made so many different ways, but I've never found one that I dislike. That is uh, stuffing. Um, It's for sure my favorite thing. Um, My mom makes stuffing for our family's Thanksgiving, and it's my favorite that I've ever had. But like I said, I've had many different kinds. I've had it with cornbread. I've had it with white bread, wheat bread, a bunch of different stuff, and I've never had a bad stuffing. Um, gotta put gravy on it though. So I don't know if gravy counts as a side, but stuffing is definitely my goat side. It's funny. Um, and I'm sure that would have been all of ours if, if we really wanted to, but along the lines of your thinking, so we had Thanksgiving at our house this year and with my parents and and Sarah's parents and we, we, each mom made their stuffing because like you said, Andy, I like all stuffings, but in particular, I like my mom's stuffing the best. So if I'm going to eat a Thanksgiving dinner, I want to eat her stuffing. Not that other stuffings aren't good because they truly are, but I just like 
my mom's the best. Pat, why don't you go ahead? All right. I had stuffing on there as well. It's just a solid choice. It's the consistency. Everything about it is just awesome, and it complements turkey really well. Um, so well. But in this, for the sake of argument and conversation, I'll pick something else. And I'm just going to go with straight-up mashed potatoes. I feel like also just v- complements the turkey very well. Uh, you just plop on some, you know, sometimes I'll even do scoop of mashed potatoes and then I'll do the turkey on the potatoes and just put gravy on top of everything. Because I know the gravy's there because, you know, the turkey can be a little bit dry sometimes and I feel like the potatoes themselves help with the moisture issue. And uh, let's be honest, mashed potatoes are just great in general. So if I can't go with stuffing, mashed potatoes would be my next up. This one, I think, is for me, is specific to Pat, our family, and I'm going to go with stuffed cabbage. Since uh, Pat and I were created and here on this earth, my grandma has been making stuffed cabbage. It's a Hungarian thing, but I know it goes across other cultures. And it's sta- it's cabbage stuffed with uh, rice and ground beef, and it's rolled up and cooked in some kind of a red sauce. Um my grandma does not make it anymore. My Aunt Nancy has taken over and does a fantastic job. But since we were little, we've had stuffed cabbage with our Thanksgiving. So that would be my number one side behind uh, stuffing. I don't think I've ever had stuffed cabbage. Solid. You should come to our Thanksgiving right year, one year. We have a lot of, not to say unique dishes, but dishes that are a staple in our in our Thanksgiving. For sure. All right, Jim, why don't you go first then with the dessert? I think I know what you're going with here. See, my this is tough for me because I almost included this as a side, Pat, as well, because it could really go either way. Um, and I've talked about my love for sweet potato pie numerous times throughout this this podcast. But for Thanksgiving specifically, I think I'm going to go with pretzel jello. Wow. That, again... Our grandma made, our aunt and our mom have taken over. It's crushed up pretzels. There's some kind of what, like white cream sauce in between. No, not a cream sauce. It's but just it's, like Cool Whip, I think. It's like uh Yeah, oh yeah, okay. So it's like it's whipped cream. Yeah, it's crushed whipped cream. pretzels and then red jello and then whipped cream. Right. It's strawberry jello on top with real strawberries. So in good. It. And I've had it numerous other places and none of them compare to how our family makes it. So for dessert, I'm going with pretzel jello. Although I could have considered it a side, but I don't want to get greedy. Let's say you're good with the dessert. All right, Andy, what do you got? I don't know what the fuck that it's is. It's amazing. Oh, you would love it. It's so good. <laughs> um, I am going to go a little bit contrarian to um, what most people would go for dessert. I'm going to go with apple pie mm, okay. instead of pumpkin. Um, and my reasoning for that is because I prefer pumpkin pie the next morning for breakfast. And apple pie is my go-to for after Thanksgiving dessert with some ice cream on top. Heat it up a little bit. And then, yeah, so that's my go-to. I just, the reason I don't go pumpkin, I love pumpkin for Thanksgiving, but I tend to eat it more the next morning than I do as a dessert for Thanksgiving. Okay. 
That's fair. All right, mine, uh, I'm going with sweet potato pie. I thought that's where Jimmy was going to go. Contrary to pumpkin pie, there's not, the consistency is pretty much exactly the same, but I don't know what it is. Sweet potato pie, to me, tastes so much better. And uh, it's just amazing. If you haven't tried it, I recommend doing so because it's awesome. All right, and then activity. I've let this one kind of open-ended because everyone's got different, like, traditions on Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But honestly, my favorite part about Thanksgiving is just the long weekend. It's always, like, a nice – it's, like, falls in a good spot, too. Right before the, like, Christmas holiday and everything, you get a chance to get that long weekend. Kind of get some time off before you got to start really shopping and doing all that shit for Christmas, so – it's good, good downtime. I like that. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, Pat, uh, kind of similar to what you said, I, I like the fact that it's a holiday basically centered around eating and drinking. So there's no presents involved or trick-or-treating involved. You just hang out. You watch football all day. You eat. You drink. The next day, you watch college football. Friday, Saturday, you just kind of hang out. We had a Friendsgiving yesterday. You could, it just, I think it's a really fun holiday with not a lot of pressure. So I enjoy the time off, and I like just being able to relax and hang and eating just for days. It's, it's the best. So yours is just eating, eating for days. <laughs> eating it. for days, yeah. Eating for days. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Um, I'm going to go with on the day of Thanksgiving, taking an afternoon nap. Mm. Classic uncle Steve move. (laughs) It's, it's an all time move because you usually, well, at least for me, I'm with my family basically the entire day from pretty much like 11 AM until we all go to bed. And it's a lot of family time, which I love. And the drinking usually starts early and the like appetizers and stuff usually start early as well. So I'm usually full by and slightly buzzed by like one or two o'clock. And then I take a nice like hour long nap before Thanksgiving meal. And then you're rejuvenated and ready to go for the rest of the night. So you that's got that my figured out, huh? Yeah, it's a pretty good system I got going. All right. I'd say so. Well, unfortunately, this long Thanksgiving weekend is coming to a close, and the Sunday Sunday scaries oh, are know. kicking in. Fuck. Right. Although I do have a nice leftover plate waiting upstairs for me as soon as we're done. Nice. There you go. I did my moist maker already the other day. It was glorious. Nice. Goddamn glorious. All right, that's all we've got for this episode of Bros. Let's Talk. Thank you for everyone who's tuned in. We appreciate all the listeners that we have out there. Help us out, though. Follow us on Twitter at Bros Let's Talk. Search Bros Let's Talk on Facebook. Like and share our page. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play Podcasts. And if you want to visit our page directly, you can at broslettstalk.podbean.com. Tune in uh, later on this week. We didn't do our NFL picks live, but we did make them. We will have them coming out uh, at the end of this week. So keep an eye out for those. For Jimmy and Andy, this is Pat. Later, dudes. See you guys.
have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. I just like the simple